Welcome to episode 89 of the Switch Mania Playcast. Another episode, and it's just us again. As <laughs> the classic core members. <laughs> well, I hope you guys enjoyed hearing JP uh, last time, but he is unfortunately busy with work right now, so he will not be joining us this episode. And he's gone. <laughs> yeah, just like that. Just, and he's gone. It's it's like when JP posts, get this new Switch game quickly. There's limited copies, right? You know, and it's gone. <laughs> it's been um, it's been a week. That's yeah. for sure, right? Like it's been a week for premium. Been a busy um, week. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, we're well within a week now of the um the pre-order window uh for the month pre-orders for series two. Um, I'm preparing mentally to get the first mega draft of the premium guide and how that usually works barry is that steve does the entire interior um but i have the artistic vision and i see things differently so he'll he'll give us all the strategy and stuff and then i gotta go in and like put like the 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 premium shine and then i send it back and then he fixes what i messed up <laughs> and then we go through again so i'm preparing myself for that um and so like things are already approved with nintendo and that when it comes to all the premium items but i'm working and the retro is being submitted but i'm working on like the deluxe for a robot named fight now um during this mental siesta i actually didn't take a break at all and i finished up switch collector volume two um and i actually this week uh, like a day or two ago finished the index so if you remember from volume one for those that have it in the back is an index of all the games and i went through and had to i didn't do it from the beginning but i put page numbers to all the games once once they're reviewed um so i did that and then i gotta shoot barry over a section because in the back i created a new section um that is the limited publishers section so every volume there'll be new limited publishers that are introduced so i did broad scope um two pages on super rare games limited run games and the play exclusives version of east asia soft those are the three that are in volume two and essentially it's like a little overview of them very quickly and and uh, you know little like advertisements for them and what they do and what they're known for so for example super rare is known for having their games in hand versus play exclusives which is known for having consistent boxes for their uh their editions which is really cool so did stuff like that and then you know limited run where they open to the open pre-order system for the switch um and also transitioning over from postcards to cards with that around that same era as well so talking little pieces of that with within the switch realm is, has been fun and um after that honestly it's um adding the kickstarter uh backer names to the book and sending it to the editor and then that'll be getting ready i already got quotes for the books for pricing and should be ordered here hopefully in the month of july so that way we get the books shipped out well before september deadline that is that's exciting. <laughs> good good break been, week, right? Good break week. <laughs> good break. You took you took a break and you got some R and R and uh, oh no, you didn't. You've been working your ass off. <laughs> uh, it's that's just it though. Is that um I mentioned it before, but we're not taking Volume Three to Kickstarter for a long time. Like it's going to be I'm going to be where we are right now with Volume Three. 
um, before it goes. So that way there's not a long wait for backers and, and those that pre-ordered the book. I don't want long waits, which just means you're going to have to wait longer while I'm working on it because premium is going to be the focus to get that stuff done 100%, and then we'll continue. Fortunately, though, we're also going to be doing a second printing of Volume 1 when I print Volume 2. So those that missed out on Volume 1, um, there's a lot of you, um, are going to be able to also be able to buy a copy as well. So that'll be cool. I think a lot of people will appreciate that because there's a ton of people that really want Volume 1, especially once they saw how cool it is and other people had it. And they're like, oh, where can I get it? Oh, it's sold out. And of course, once something's sold out, FOMO kicks in and it just makes people want it more. Exactly. And I mean, people are also like they didn't know that it was out there. And then once they saw what we're doing with premium, they're like, wait, there's a switch collector book. And then it's like, yeah, but it's sold out. And they're like, man, and you know what I mean? It's it's one of those where when they find it, they're like, hey, that'd be cool. So we're going to try to get as many as we can. <laughs> as many as we can uh, copies. So that way people when they're interested can get a copy. Um, How's everything been going on your side for the week, Barry? It's been uh, very busy because, we, as as you mentioned, you know we're we're in uh, the pre-order month. So by because of that, we've been trying to do you know some some kind of reach outs and and get ourselves out there and let people know about our awesome games that we do have for pre-order. So uh, you know, last night you and I we were on Go Game Go, which is always a pleasure um, because we did that live and it was just a great show um, this upcoming Monday uh, I already recorded this so it's, it's already been done this past week uh, the game deflators uh, will, my episode will air where talk nice. all about premium stuff you know get that stuff remind out there remind me too Barry because and listeners ping us too um, remind me to add all of those interviews to the website because like and our premium blog, all of our interviews should be up there so everybody can easily see them on premiumeditiongames.com. So that way it's easy. Sometimes I get sidetracked into books or doing other things and forget to add things. Because I'm like I'm getting Barry's interviews up with the Demons Tier Plus guys because we got the yes. developer and the porter. Um, I call him the porter. The digital <laughs> publisher ported the game and added stuff. The plus is actually him. Um, <laughs> but... Um, I'm doing that, but I also need to add all of our interviews because there's been a, quite a few, actually. I think I'm missing like two or three at this point. Yeah, just and, and reaching out to you've been reaching out to other people and talking with others and trying to set more up because it's always great to let you know the word out there and get the word out there about our pre orders. And a lot of people I'm talking with didn't hear, didn't know about it, and they're like, oh my god, that sounds awesome. And it's like, yeah, and and of course, one of the big things that happened is series one retro shipped. So yes. people are now getting their Series 1 uh, retro for Pigeon Dev and the retro upgrade for Super Blood Hockey. And of course, because of that, that means brand new unboxing patches. That means brand new challenge patches, which is yep. awesome to see. So I've been fielding your questions and talking with, with all our awesome uh, followers who have been submitting that. And it's great to get more patches out there. And, and just I've, so you're one of the telling things- me I should check the Excel spreadsheet again because we put everything <laughs> yes. in the Excel spreadsheet because I, I check that every once in a while and then I will ship because I manually mail them all out every once. So like I haven't done that in like a week or two. Yeah, I probably Je- need to do that. Je- Jeff manually mails it out from the, and I manually put them all in the spreadsheet <laughs> from the emails. So it's a team effort. And yes, I am telling you, you should probably check the spreadsheet. Um, my favorite, and I will say this, my favorite, one of the favorite things I do for, for premium is watching unboxing videos. Because if, if someone thinks, oh, they just do an unboxing, I submit, I just get that. Like, no, we actually yeah, watch them. Like, 
you know, and make sure. I, and there was one unboxing video that I watched, and I forget who exactly it was, but they were quiet. Like the whole thing, they were quiet. And some people will talk and say, oh, this is this, this is this, which is fine. And some people, they're shy. They're just, you know, I want to be as quiet as possible and just show it off. And this guy was quiet, and they were doing the Pigeon Dev Retro. Um, and I opened it up, and he just looked at the Steelbook, and he was, he was just like damn that's nice <laughs> it was just so funny it's like the only words in the in the unboxing video and i i i told him an email i was i loved it and i love the fact that the the steelbook was so good you couldn't keep quiet and and it's so true it is such an awesome steelbook and i'm so glad that people can see it because erica did a, a phenomenal job on it and everyone should see that steelbook and if you haven't yet you really need to take a look and i'm so happy and yesterday barry was educated um, but what you can't see in the pictures is the embossing, which is yes, the 3D yes. feel of the um, the steel bus. He didn't know what embossing was on the other the other interview we did. Yes. It was pretty funny. We were we were poking at him yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> this is the kind of abuse I get over here. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, we'll so learn you well, boy. Learn you well. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's uh, one of the big things that happened. Um, another thing that just happened actually today, and it hasn't gone up yet. Um, one of the things I do over at Nintendo Fuse is I do interviews with uh, different developers and other people in the industry. It's a show I call Industry Talk. And every year for the past five years now, I've done an interview with uh, a man named Dan Butchko. If you don't know him, he is the CEO and creator of a company called Playcrafting. And they do a bunch of they, – they started in like 2009, I think. They, they do a bunch of like workshops for – you know game developers to get together and make connections and they just just start doing events and they grew and grew and grew and now <clears throat> they put on a show every year called play nyc uh located in manhattan because there's no real game show over in the new york area really sweet man we do it every year we talk every year and they're back again in august they're another live show where indie developers a lot of indie developers go there and what's one of my favorite things about going to that show is just talking to all these indie developers and uh really getting to know them and, and hearing their story, which is why I love doing interviews and talking with developers um, because I love the passion behind these projects. So it's great to see the show coming back because last year it was digital only. Now it's back in person. Developers are signed up, ready to go. They've got some really cool partners. Um, but that interview will go up shortly. And uh, that is something where if you live in the New York area and you haven't checked out, you know, I highly recommend it. Um, great group of people, great show and great developers. Uh, we'll be there. Yeah, sounds exciting, and you know it's really cool to support the event. Yeah, so it's one of my favorite uh, events to do, and one of my my favorite groups of people that I've, I've just made like a lot of longtime friends um, from that show. A lot of developers that are just really cool and appreciative, and these are these are people. You know, some are some are big, some are small. Like uh, if you ever played a game called Just Cause, which is actually one of my favorite games, um, they're located. Their Avalanche is located in New York, so they go and support the show. And last year, Rockstar supported the show, and uh, you know, some big names. PM Studios um, is there. You know, nice. so it's it's great to see it getting bigger and bigger every single year. And uh, it's it's got to be tough for a lot of these conventions, you know, with with the pandemic. So they're bouncing back from the pandemic. So I'm like, yeah, anything I could do to help, you know, I'm going to try and do because you deserve it. Exactly. Yeah, that's been my week. <laughs> yeah. Busy. So before we jump into the game of the episode, I had something I was talking with Barry about that I thought would be cool to cover. Um, there's a thing on the phones called the Switch Parental app. 
And I wanted to do this earlier in the year, and I forgot until now. Um, but essentially, it goes a year back and shows you what you've played, how much, what you've played the most for a month. Um, it does day by day too, by the way. But um, it shows what you've been, what you've uh, played by month. Like, uh, for example, how many days you've played that, as well as the time that you've spent uh, per minutes per day <laughs> throughout the month. Like how much time you've spent per day playing. And I thought it was interesting because we've done the playcast, right, Barry? Um, so it's actually telling. So I'd like to go back to June and we'll go like month by month and, and do some brass tacks. But also we can talk about games that we've announced for premium that I may have played a year ago. <laughs> uh, nice. So um, so in June 2020, guess what I was playing, Barry? Think if you could think back. What was I playing in a year ago at this time? Oh, God, we this is... Do we haven't even announced been, itself yet. It's already no. This is something that we played on the playcast, um, and this is something that we were. It was last summer, and I can't believe it's already a year. Oh, Xenoblade, Xenoblade Chronicles, and I played it seventeen days out of that month. <laughs> wow, seventeen days. Um, but guess what? I also played three days, which was the first time I played it. A robot named Fight. Yeah, right was the first time I played it. So that's really interesting when it comes to premium. Um, so I spent about two hours a day for the entire month. That's what it averaged out to. Um, but I actually played like games like Bug Fables and, and Minecraft with London um, more. Uh, so it's interesting we played Xeno. And then in July, it was Paper Mario and the Origami King was my top game. Um, which we actually played for the playcast. I did not like it. I played it about seven days and was done with it. Um, I also, number two, though, was Robot Named Fight again. So I still apparently got obsessed with Robot Named Fight, um, which is really funny. And I could tell I just about finished Xenoblade because I only put a couple days into that one. Um, Time-wise, I still put more time into Xenoblade, though, (laughs) than than Paper Mario because I was finishing it up for the playcast. Um, now, guess what What popped up in August, Barry? Uh, I'm going to say Demon's Tear Plus. No, Super Blood Hockey. Oh, so, wow. <laughs> so we actually played Robot Name Fight first, by the way. Um, then it was Super Blood Hockey, got mo- all of my playing days. Um, Evil Land actually mm. got my, uh, my top for time. That but was when e- we did the playcast. Exactly. So Evil End got that one for me, but Super Blood Hockey, I played the most times out of the month, which is super cool. September, um, Pokemon. That's when Ludge and I were playing tons and tons of Pokemon. So that's where we were doing Daddy Daughter time. That took up my entire time. I beat out Super Mario 3D All-Stars as well um, during that month. And then my days uh, for October was Trials of Mana, actually. Which I don't think we've even covered yet. We did but, not. No. Runner 3 was in that time frame in October. Yes. But um, Trials of Mana was the, the game that I played the most times. And the most time outside of, I think, London grabbed my Switch and was watching a lot of YouTube. Because YouTube beat it out, actually. <laughs> which wow. is funny. Because I don't, <laughs> I don't watch YouTube on the Switch. So it had to have been my daughter grabbing it, which is funny. Um, November became Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, um, and Ease Origin, um, Ease Origins, because I don't think, I think I may have covered Ease Origins on my top games of the year, but I don't think we did an episode on it. Uh, we, I thought we, 
we're supposed to because JP's like, I'll play that. It's only eight hours. And I don't know if we ever did. Yeah, I don't think we ever covered it, but I played it and beat it. Um, so that was Hyrule Warriors and, and Age of Calamity in November. Um, December, then, Immortals Phoenix Rising. Oh, yeah. That took over. That took over my life. Um, and then there's a, um, a... I was playing a little bit of WWE Battlegrounds, which is not a good game, but it was like <laughs> fun to mess around with. Um, and now I'm starting to see a lot of games that we played for premium, even some that we can't talk about um in there in december i started to see a lot more of those games as well in there um january ironically my top game was ring fit adventure <laughs> yeah when we decided to make our uh no it was last oh january. that was yeah, the year wow. prior i wow, did that myself <laughs> yeah um my time though was still with immortals phoenix rising and then minecraft dungeons with my daughter um and then an unannounced game <laughs> <laughs> that we have signed is in there too um in january uh february turned into super mario 3d world with my daughter um playing that a lot with her um and as well as let's see um, astral chain in there as well for february which was pretty cool um march turned into marvel ultimate alliance 3 that i was playing and um the most time though was hades which was oh. really awesome hades that was about the time we played hades uh, april is a funny one i feel like um, we did hades more recently than march mm-hmm. was it really march wow yeah uh, we might have done it in april because i have more in april too yeah i'd say probably april now you know what my most played game and most time was for april Balan wonderworld Oh my god! I played the hell out of that game. Um, I'm not a huge fan of it, but it was—it's fun. It's just not that great. Um, It's—I wanted it to be good. Um, So sorry. You'll you'll appreciate um, my May game. It's Ease Eight. Such a good blew it blew every other game away that month that I played. Um, Return was actually one of our playcast games. uh, One way trip. That yep. was in there as well. That was the second game to Ease 8. I still have not beaten Ease 8, and I need to go back because Ease 9 about to be out. Um, I wanted to finish it before Ease 9, honestly. Um, but that's the last monthly one because it doesn't show you June till at the end of the month. Um, right now, though, I mean, I can already tell a robot, robot Name fight. fight is going to crush <laughs> it because I've been playing the hell out of that. And so my Robot Name Fight update, because I've been playing it all week, um, I actually beat... The Mega Beast now five times. Um, eventually, you're allowed to go inside the Mega Beast, and I beat the core finally. It took me a couple different playthroughs. And what I've been loving about it now is that, like, the, the variance. And I mean, we're going to do an episode on it, but like the different variety. Like, there's a Sonic the Hedgehog power up, there's a VVVVVV power up. There's so many different aspects to where, like, you could get a charge to your shot. And your shot is already five times the size of what your normal shot is. So it's already huge. And then it becomes the entire screen <laughs> for the size of your bullet. And then yeah. you could have it shoot through items. So it just clears out the screen every time. You know what that reminds me of? Did you ever play a game on the PS3 called 3D.GameHeroes from Atlas? Of course. Of course. It, it so reminds game. me of that. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And that shows me, listeners, that Barry has not read my Hidden Gaming Gems book. I that is the read. cover of my original book from 2014. I did not read that. Game Heroes. Have Such I played a good game. it? 
have I played it? I've written the. <laughs> you know what? So many people haven't played it, so. Because <laughs> it's a hidden gaming gem. That's why it's in the book. <laughs> well, at least we're on the same page. <laughs> Barry doesn't support Hagen's Alley. God. <sighs> I see. I only own a couple of the books. I don't know them all. <laughs> it's only a seven-year-old book that I. Well, I didn't <laughs> okay. know about you seven years ago. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, the re-release of that, though, um, that is not the cover of the re-release. Um, I have a legendary artist at the cover of the re-release. It's the one with the knight on it on the front of my cover. It's the green aesthetic. It's been sold out for a while now, too. Um, but yeah, 3D Hockey Hero is awesome. And that actually goes through. So when you can do the piercing and everything where it goes through, you actually have that in Robot Name Fight, which is ridiculous. Um, and there's insane things like changing your health into the chips that you use to buy things. And there's a strategy with that, too. There's a strategy with everything. And the fact that I got obsessed with it again just shows me how amazing the game is. And my personal goal now, because I finally, after five, beating it five times, that's not five playthroughs, mind you, um, I finally was able to unlock the challenge patch. I finally beat that on the challenge, which I'm not going to reveal yet because people will get it when they unbox it. But um, I finally did that. And you still have that gambler's chance, just like with Super Blood Hockey with taking a, a life um, in franchise mode. You still have that gambler's chance to get the patch really fast, which is really cool. But it took me a while. <laughs> so that's super awesome, right? It, it's amazing. You know, I hope I hope listeners get super hyped for that because just the fact of how every run is so different is great. So I've unlocked powers. boss rush mode finally, um, which boss rush mode is like an entirely new game. It's way different. It's like you have your bosses and corridors. So like you have like a stage that you can see and then there's different rooms and there's just bosses. And it's almost like the boss rush mode at the end of a Mega Man game where you get to fight all the, the bosses. Um, and then you move on to the next section of bosses and they do it by map. And it's super cool, and you can, and then you can go and unlock things like from your shrines and from your uh, robots that you can buy stuff from in between to power up your character. So it's like a whole new game. It's it's honestly its own game. But my next goal is to unlock the mega map, because um, right now the map is pretty damn substantial. Mega map's got to be insane. That's my goal because I want to play mega map. <laughs> You'll have it done by the end of the day. Yeah, right. I need to play it. <laughs> We're recording. Um, so yeah, that was. Um, but yeah, that was my uh, my update on Robot Name Fight. But I'm gonna continue playing it because I have to do a little bit of a weekend trip this weekend. So I'm gonna be out and about away from the house. Um, and during that time, I'm bringing my Switch, and I'm gonna probably just be playing Robot Name Fight. Um, but what did we have to play for this week, Barry? <laughs> uh. Yeah, so so we were going to do a robot named Fight, but you wanted more time with it, which clearly you got. So instead, this week, we decided to go back to the should we sign, should we make this a physical uh, <laughs> series? <clears throat> and the game that we played is Silver Falls Episode Prelude, which came yeah. out on May 6th. 2021 uh developed and published by sun grand and uh that was an interesting response when i just said the name jeff so why don't you go ahead and start <laughs> so the game's a survival horror game right like it's you're like delivering a pizza or something 
and you have to go up to a house and the gates close and you got to like jump the thing and while you're doing this like this dude's like texting you so you have to like interact with this text thing while you're like walking up to the house and i mean the first thing i noticed is the graphics are are pretty bland you can tell that they didn't port it too well to the switch um and then there was like three different graphical settings it's like run well look good or hybrid and if you did the look good or the hybrid there's like items popping in and out so it like pulled you out of the immersion but the issue is is that everything is so dark that i could barely see anything um i like i could tell that i needed to find like batteries for a flashlight but i couldn't see anything and i randomly came across a little glowy thing and it was a battery um, I was like, oh, it's on the back of a truck bed or something. But I never found that other battery. Um, I was looking all around, finding stuff like blindly in the dark, going underneath things and finding different items and collecting it all. But I never got any kind of progression in the story. And I was like, I got frustrated because I was like, it's not, you know, it's not like something that connected with me at all. The characters were okay, but it seemed like they were shady. Like the main characters seemed like it was shady. Like they're going to go rob something or something. Um, and I just really couldn't see. And that was the frustrating piece. Um, did not beat it. Uh, there's apparently you can unlock new playable characters by connecting games um, with the Silver Falls series. Um, there's like a code system or something. Um, sounds interesting. Uh, to me, this game probably plays better on the the PC like steam version or something where the graphics look a little better. Maybe that helps with the visibility. I don't know. Cause on the switch, I couldn't see anything. Yeah. I'm going to echo a lot of what you said. Uh, first off, it's a survivor horror game, which is not a genre I go to, but for this, I, I gave it a shot. Uh, I was confused. There was like a, a phone on the top corner of the screen and texts were coming in and yeah. I didn't realize at first I had to actually start answering the text because I was didn't know what was going on. There was no setup. It was just boom. <laughs> I was like, okay. And then it yeah. was very dark and so I really couldn't see anything. I'm trying to look around and the camera sensitivity was insane. So mm-hmm. anytime I touched the camera, I wanted to puke. So I'm trying to look around, also looking for the batteries in a dark area where if I move the camera, I want to puke. I'm getting frustrated when I get frustrated because I can't figure out what's going on. My body temperature gets hotter, which makes me also sick. So I was, I was just not having a good time. And I feel bad to say that because I know the developer has been super open, taking critiques, wanting to make a better game and improve his game. And I 100% respect that. And I 100% respect this guy's vision on what he wants to do because he seems like he's really trying to make this the start of his dream project. And I don't want to deter him from that. Me, personally, it did not resonate with me because of the genre. It did not resonate with me with the camera sensitivity. If that could be turned down, that would be good. It did not resonate with me with the darkness. I'd like to turn that up. And I know it was done on purpose for that first area because the screenshots show brighter areas. But, man, that led to my frustration. And then I had no idea about, oh, you're supposed to answer certain text messages, which is a really neat idea. But you're trying to have this conversation in text while you're supposedly delivering pizza, but there's a gate and you can't get through and it's dark and I'm wandering around aimlessly with no direction. It did not get 
like resonate with me at all. Plus, uh, think know- about the realism. Even though it's a video game, got it. Um, think about the realism. If I'm a delivery boy, all right, I'm out. <laughs> like yeah. I'm gone. I'm. I don't care. Like okay, I can't deliver your food. I'm out. I'll take the five dollar loss. Yeah, whatever. Like, like whatever it is. Like I'm not gonna go around a spooky area look for guns and my and crowbars and like I don't care at that point. I'm out. Like from a real like from a plausibility standpoint, there's no way I'm going into that damn area. Exactly. Gates uh, locked. Sorry. <laughs> call. I call my boss and say, hey, I can't get in. <laughs> yeah. yeah or, or or usually when you place one for delivery you give a phone number so i'd call the phone number and be like hey um could you open your gate i have your and food they don't answer okay going back Bye. um or you can apparently unlock a battle mode when you do finish the story where you face endless hordes of horrifying creatures with tense fast-paced action my guess is the enemies will be attacking all over so you'll need to move the camera around which means i would need a barf bag so no thanks to me but um, I never even got to one battle, so... Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just letting you know that that's apparently what one of the features of the game, so I don't want to do that. Um, it, I, the, the ambition is there. I'm going to give the, the guy super credit for the ambition. Um, I think it needs tweaking. I think it needs some work. Uh, I don't know how it plays on PC or anything like that. Just the and, and not tweaking in your stomach. No, 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 and see that we we had this discussion last night on Go Game Go. Like accessibility to all gamers, like customization options are a plus. They should never be a negative. You should be allowed to tweak camera sensitivity. You should be able to or the tweak brightness. brightness. Yeah, twice yeah. I just brightness. Um, you should be able to tweak controls. Like making a game accessible to, to everybody just allows more people to enjoy it. Because if you're not enjoying your experience, you're immediately taken out. The story could be the greatest thing ever, but if you're like fighting with the controls and you're getting frustrated, you don't care about the story at that point. It's just right, I'm well, gonna play something. And plus, better. like with the texting, like I'm trying to learn what this new situation is, and then they're texting about something completely different. And I'm like, okay, so what is this? They're going to be going to rob something or something, but like, then I got to focus on this other thing. And it's yeah. like, okay, eventually maybe they all come together, but right now it's disjointed, and I really don't care. That's that's the problem. I mean, it is it, like I said, it's ambitious. I feel mm-hmm. like they uh, some some setup would be good, like just some some base setup, but it kind of like throws you into the action. And uh, yeah, I mean. Well, the non-action because well, I the non-action, yeah, action. I didn't see any action. There. I was just exploring around with no it's direction. Yeah, but yeah. So uh, I don't even know how much this is. Uh, yeah, that's a good question because because the thing is is you know this is part of that series. Like, should we sign it? So are we missing something? So listeners, um, go into our Discord or leave a voice message on Anchor here on the um, Anchor.fm where we post the the main route. Uh, playcast but let us know if we're missing something maybe this is the greatest game and we're just like all right you need to play it for 15 more minutes dude um let us know um also like should we sign it type thing because barry and i are not sold on it obviously from our comments but it doesn't mean that any game in this series is a no-go if like there's something going on that we're we're missing and i'll be honest you know the user reviews on metacritic are uh, a 7.8 you know, it's he's exactly. got several people that gave it a ten, people nine, and then at the same time, someone gave it a one. Um, so the reviews are all over the board, and you know, there's nothing wrong with loving a game that you know that someone hates or hating a game someone loves. 
Um, but that those are our takes, and we would absolutely love to hear from you if you played this. What are your thoughts on it? And if the the developer is listening to this, you know, I hope you take all this as constructive criticism because I think there's a, a great game in your game. But it's I may not be the target audience, but there's accessibility features I would like to see in there to make it more accessible to somebody who isn't of that genre. Because it's it's really easy to sell a game on some like someone likes racing games. It's really easy to say try this racing game. Maybe they're a little bit more particular, but they'll definitely give it a shot. But if someone says I hate racing games, it's a harder sell. And if you can make your game sell to somebody who hates racing games and they go, wow, this is actually a lot of fun, then you've just hit the perfect formula. And that should yeah. be the goal. Selling well, a game, and I like these types of games. So, <laughs> yeah, it's just I it didn't connect with me. Like I don't know. Well, well, uh, we want your feedback. So let us know. Is this one that you would absolutely pick up as a physical? Love to see as a physical. Maybe as a, a double pack or a triple pack. If since this is episode prelude, you know, if there's more games coming um, in the future. Well, and that's true though. Is if he releases that as one holistic picture one holistic game not just episodic and it's everything all at once maybe then that might be worth a thing in the future we don't know absolutely so we just want to hear from everybody and uh, let us know yeah there we go um so now for the next um the next game we're playing is robot name fight right the next game is in fact robot name fight perfect yes so i got more excuse to play robot name fight that's the thing like um barry and jp are both realizing that i'm only playing our games right now (laughs) so like anything that pulls me away from that is like all right i'm gonna play that for a little bit and then i'm going back into our games especially the ones that i'm writing the uh premium guides on which robot name fights getting that i want to make sure that we're putting in realistic and scalable strategy um we're not obviously putting in four billion different combinations inside the strategy guide what we're going to put in there is here is how when you play the game it will this is how you focus yourself to make maximum time um or maximum you know effort of your time that you're spending in each playthrough because there's certain aspects that you'll do, and we'll talk about it during the, the main root episode uh, next time. But there's main ways that you approach things that will help you um, when you play. And my techniques will be different from 8-Bit Steve's techniques versus other person's techniques. So it'll be a really nice contrast for the guide. And that's where like I'm getting obsessed with the game, which is awesome. I love it. Yeah, that, that guide is going to be truly killer. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm excited to see what you guys put together for that well and so so think about this now from a production standpoint barry Mm -hmm. um so we gilded the pigeon dev in gold right yes what if pigeon dev is silver silver? what if with robot name fight we match the steelbook somehow and i can get some kind of glow in the dark gilding (laughs) oh that is (laughs) awesome (laughs) i'm looking into it i'm gonna try to find out what we can apply imagine that because the greens and everything like i would have that same thing in the uh, foiling too because we had like a translucent almost like shiny black foiling on the pigeon dev ones i'm gonna try to figure out some kind of crazy glow in the dark cover 
Well, what what does everybody think about that? Like, I'm <laughs> curious. I'm curious what other people think. Like, I think that sounds amazing, but I'd love to hear what other people think. And Barry, this is why I do running in real life, because when I go out and do that stuff, that's how I get away from all technology and away from everything. And I can clear my mind and I come up with crazy ideas that definitely need to be vetted by people. But sometimes it's like, well, what if I took the silver gilding and made it glow in the dark? Can they do that? I bet they can. <laughs> they probably just apply some kind of process to it. Like I don't know. Um, but yeah, we're going to do some crazy stuff. Um, it's going to be awesome. And yeah. <laughs> that is... Oh, now you got me so excited. Like every, yeah. time you, 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 every time you talked about like the pigeon dev, I was like, book, the guide, I was so excited for it. And then when I got it in my hands, like it, it, all my expectations were... We're blown away. Like it was just like it exceeded every expectation I had. So now knowing the quality in hand and feeling it, I was like, oh my god, I can't wait to see what the robot deluxe guide looks so, like. One thing that I want to do, uh, Barry, um, at the end of each episode before we wrap up now is talk about what events we have coming up. Um, yes. So that way everybody knows. But also, um, I posted in the group, but I'm gonna have to share it somehow on social media. I created standees for our conventions and I have a short standee that's going to go on the table and it's literally Graham Humphrey's art, his painting art for sunshine manor. Um, and that has premium edition modern retro done, right. And that's going to go on our tables and it's like full standee art and it looks so cool. And then I did a, a combination of some future games, including Cathedral and Camp Sunshine. And um, I think I have a little bit of uh, Robot Name Fight in there, of course. Of course. Uh, but I have that on a really tall standee. That standee is taller than me. So it's over six foot tall. And that's going to be something that goes on the ground that people can see as they, they you know, walk around. They'll be able to see that from afar and say, oh, there's, there's Premium Edition over there. Um so the first uh, convention we're going to be at, um, and I think this will just be myself and 8-Bit Steve, for most of them, um, myself and 8-Bit Steve, uh, but Barry and JP might come if it we're near the East Coast. Uh, but first one will be Southeast Game Exchange in South Carolina, and that'll be in two weeks, actually, uh, July 10th. In two weeks, we'll be at Southeast Game Exchange, and we're doing a panel. The panel is going to be called Modern Retro Done Right, Barry. We're going to be talking about how we're bringing retro to the Nintendo Switch. That's going to be my ongoing panels for this year. Whenever I'm allowed to do a panel at the convention, I'm going to be talking about how we're bringing retro into the modern age with old-school sensibilities, the challenge patches, the way we create different pieces. I'm going to be going a lot on production. Um, but that one's in Greenville Convention Center in um, South Carolina, and that'll now, be the 10th and 11th of July. That panel, I don't know if you're able to like stream it, and we can put it on you know Discord and premium. Well, regardless, like, I'm, I'm gonna record it. Record it. Um, yeah, it'll likely be audio minimum because I mean I'm not I don't have camera like camcorders yeah. and stuff, but like I usually record everything with audio, and we can put it in the play on the playcast like stream so that way listeners can get it um but outside of that like i'll see what i can do but you know it depends on the convention if there's signal and that stuff um and then uh let's see so that one was july 10th um two weeks later 
on the 23rd, 24th, 25th is Classic Game Fest in Austin, Texas. Um, and that one will be two weeks later at the end of July. And that one is a crazy one. It's like one of the biggest conventions in Texas. But what I found out yesterday, which is insane, Barry, is there are four conventions in Texas that weekend. Four. Wow. That one just a weekend? That, that that's one weekend, there are four conventions. But Classic Game Fest is like always the biggest one. I think the one that the Game Chasers put on, Retropalooza, is also that weekend. And theirs is pretty big on big. So um, I want to go to that one eventually because I know Jay's cool as hell. He runs the convention, one of the Game Chasers. But um, I you know, told David, who runs um, Classic Game Fest, I told him last year I was, I was good to go. Um, I not scheduled for a panel with that one, but uh, every other year, like the week prior, he's like, hey, you get to do a panel. <laughs> so who knows? Maybe uh, that was the year where I actually had Ben Moore from Limited Run Games on a couple years back. <laughs> we, we did a uh, one. And then when I created the uh, the artwork for it, I did a really crappy Photoshop where I put myself and him on the um on the River City Ransom <laughs> Melee cover, <laughs> our faces on there, and Ben was like embarrassed. It was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I was messing with him, but um, that one Apeit Steve should be with me again. Um, I think he's he's really into going to all the conventions because he's selling his Easy Way series books as well. Um, I think that one too. Paul Niemeyer will be there. So listeners, you know, if you bring your premium games to these conventions. Like Paul goes to some of these, and if Paul's there, he's done all the slipcases, so he'll sign the slipcase. You can get the artist to sign your slipcases, and I will have some games uh, with me. I mean, when we sell it, we sell out, and there won't be any more games, like period. But like as we have extra games, I do have some that I'll have with me at the conventions. Um, that way, in case you know you you see us, you find us in the wild. Uh, and then August, I'm not going to go beyond August because there are some conventions later, but in August 20th is Southern Fried Gaming Expo in Atlanta, Georgia. And that one is on August 20th. So that'll be like three weeks after Classic Game Fest will be that one. So both of them, South Carolina and Atlanta, are within a drive for me, Barry. So that's those are super convenient. Um, and I'm only going to fly to a handful of conventions throughout the year. Uh, so Classic Game Fest is one for sure that I'm I'm down to, like one of the Texas ones. If Game On in Portland happened, those two I would love to fly to. Both of those are not happening in 2021, but I would love to go to those two. I'm going to Midwest Gaming Classic and Too Many Games. Those are the two. Um we do have an opportunity, and I'm not sure, maybe Barry, you and JP can go to it, but Retro World Expo in Connecticut, um, we have an invite to be a guest there for premium. I just have a commitment with Midwest Gaming Classic that same weekend. So I can't go there because uh, I confirmed with Midwest like two years ago. <laughs> so, um, But you guys may be able to go to that one and just, I mean, you can do a panel and everything. So, uh Actually, the funny thing was in 2019, Barry, that's when JP went to Retro World Expo and my flight was canceled. So JP did it on his own. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) 
and he set up the uh, he had the Hagen's Alley book stable. It was hilarious because like had I shipped my books out to him and he had them. And he did the table and the panel, and I tried to phone into the panel, and I couldn't, and it was ridiculous. Um, but Retro World Expo is a fun time. Uh, the guys who do um, RetroWare.tv, they run it. So, like, Lance Cortez, uh, Ito, he runs it, along with uh, John Delilah. And they're really cool dudes. I love that convention. That's the first time I met Daniel Piscina, actually. <laughs> oh, nice. And uh, Tony Atlas from WWF. <laughs> That's hilarious. I was doing the um, every time I would go into the bathroom, I would run into somebody that was like a celebrity or something. And I would take a bathroom selfie with them. <laughs> I was like, bathroom selfies as we're all <laughs> leaving the bathroom. That was really odd stuff I do. And I'm uh, drinking alcohol convention, so I don't drink anymore. <laughs> yeah, I don't drink period, so. I'll just yeah. sit there and watch everybody get drunk. <laughs> well, well, the reality why I don't drink too often anymore, I will drink at conventions, mind you, everybody's listening. Um, absolutely partying at nights. But during, like, now, because, like, if I drink, like, the next morning, I may have a hangover, and it makes me unproductive, and I got to get stuff done in the mornings. Um, like, I got to get guides done or artwork. or There's so many pieces for premium and, and Hagen's Alley with the books that um like I can't afford to take a, a time off just because I got a hangover. Um and I mean it also takes away from family time. So I if I'm not doing premium in Hagen's Alley, I'm hanging out with my wife and daughter and we're going yard sailing or I'm taking my daughter to tutoring or we're going swimming, which actually London and I are gonna do after we finish recording. We're gonna go swimming. So like I'm not gonna take away from that because I got a hangover either. So it's like family no. and hobby because all passionate hobby for me um that takes priority over some alcohol <laughs> smart man i mean now if we drink expensive alcohol i don't get the hangover expensive but you i don't could, you like drink my share of the expensive alcohol have fun yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> what's funny is jp says the same thing and then it was the guys from um what's the um unboxing or the guys that do the blind boxes the video games monthly oh, video monthly yeah yeah, they make it their goal to get JP drunk, and it's so funny. So funny. They do it every time, too. They're having him take shots, and he'll, like, begrudgingly to be the, the good guy, he'll do it. And, like, they're just messing with JP the whole time. It was Gaming Classic. It was hilarious. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was a good I, time. I can't imagine JP drunk. And that's why uh, Saru Maru didn't remember our conversations about starting a physical publishing company. When we said, hey, we'll start the physical publishing company. You get FX Unit Yuki to the Switch and we'll publish it. And he never got FX Unit Yuki to the Switch. So what you're telling me is I'll absolutely need to have my phone ready to record all of you getting shit-faced and saying things that you'll probably regret and be like, hey, I've got video proof of it, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> So we won't party with Barry because he's a jerk. <laughs> now, I honestly, like, I don't get, like, shit-faced or drunk or anything. Like, I have a good time, but, like, but I get a headache in the morning, which sucks. So I, did I don't get sick. College. I just get a headache. I never liked the taste. I only did it with, like, social, like, with friends were doing it, but I never oh, I really liked it. Delicious. I hate the taste. So it's like, this doesn't interest me. I'd rather drink water <laughs> or, or something else with a taste that I like. Now, I will tell you, though, my vice caffeine, like I'm drinking a monster right now, monster zero, because I do zero sugar. But yeah, I love caffeine. So caffeine doesn't caffeine. do anything with me. 
Oh, it does lots. I mainly drink water and juice. That's it. Oh. I oh, like crazy it. bear. I'm. I know. I'm living on the wild side. Here, I have a, a hey. bottle of water right now. We're gonna change him to Barry Flanders. Plain for me. <laughs> Flanders from Simpsons. <laughs> Plain for me. Well, Flanders was a religious nut. <laughs> yeah, but his wife would always be like, everybody would get stuff, and everybody was like, I want chocolate. She's like, Plain for me. <laughs> That's Barry. <laughs> Barry I like Flanders. Chocolate. You're talking about. We didn't say anything about chocolate. I like chocolate. No, we're talking about <laughs> <laughs> plain for Barry. <laughs> uh, all right. So, we have anything else with this episode? No, I think uh, think that about wraps it up. Cool. So, like next episode, we'll be talking robot name fight. We'll probably go over Barry's like last year with the Switch, which will be fun because you play different games than I did outside of the Playcast stuff. Um, yeah. I had to my, skirt around games we haven't announced, which is pretty funny. Well, as I'm going through it, I'm like, my list I actually like didn't Switch spoil anything. Will be like uh, slightly different because I do play on other systems. So, like you mentioned, uh, Mortal Phoenix Rising game I love, but I played that on the PS5. Oh yeah, we're only talking Switch. This is the Switch Mania playcast. Oh, I know. Talking, saying, this ain't the PS5 playcast. I'm just saying, like certain games that I did play, but I just didn't play the Switch versions. Yeah, which means you didn't talk about the Switch version. And I'm getting a knock from my daughter. She's saying, I want to go swimming. Uh, see, that's that's the call. So Say hi. Say hi to everyone, London. Just say loud. They can hear you. Hi. There we go. There you go. <laughs> Special guest. Uh, so, uh, Jeff, where can people find you? So everybody can find me on Facebook and the Twitter at Hagen's Alley and at Hagen's Alley Books on Instagram. And London says, and me. I don't, where do <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on YouTube. Oh, I'll find her on YouTube. Awesome. <laughs> um, and obviously, all of our stuff is available for pre order from jo- June 15th to July 15th. Um, after that, everybody, it goes away, whether it's sold out or not. So make sure you get your copies of Robot Name Fighting Demons Tier Plus. Absolutely. And for me, you could find me on Twitter at Hawk Hellfire. You could find me on Facebook and on YouTube at Nintendo Fuse. You could always find me on our Premium Edition Games Discord, so come say hi, as well as in our support email if you ever need a question answered or have something to need taken care of. I will do my best. Uh, as Jeff said, our pre-orders do end on July 15th, so if you want the special retro or the deluxe versions or that amazing slipcover, make sure to get those pre-orders in. Also, Series 1 is still available and shipping and running low, so retro would upgrade for Super Blood Hockey as well as the retro edition for Pigeon Dever shipping, and the deluxe will be shipping shortly, so make sure to get all those orders in, and uh, you can find all that at premiumeditiongames.com. Awesome. And everybody, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Have a good one. (laughs) 